0: Hi everyone, this is Swathi and I hope you all are doing well. If you're new here, welcome to the Inside the Minds of Great Yogis podcast. In this episode, I spoke with Dr. Ariel Foster, who's a yoga teacher and a physical therapist. We discussed Dr. Ariel's journey of yoga, postures to ease hip pain, her platform Yoga Anatomy Academy, and so much more. I hope you all enjoy this conversation, as you may already know, the episodes that will be released this month are categorized as our holiday specials. If you are a regular listener who regularly keeps up with the Inside the Minds of Great Yogis podcast, please leave a review and also a rating. This eventually helps us as a podcast grow and will only take a few minutes of your time. So kindly please write a review and leave a rating for the podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with today's episode.
1: Usain Bolt, fastest runner in the world, has a leg length discrepancy, meaning that one of his legs is longer than the other. Oh. Did that stop him? No. Is he in pain from that? No. Is he an extraordinary athlete? Yes. So because his his legs are different lengths, inevitably his spine is going to have a little bit of a, a, a scoliotic tendency or scoliosis to it. We are recording this in December 2021, And I'm gonna speak to the last almost two years of the pandemic a bit. And it's been a difficult, honestly, very difficult couple of years. The studio where I taught was shut down. So I have lost a lot of connection to the in-person connection that I used to have with with the community, with my students. Um, And the pandemic has frankly brought out some really ugly tendencies within the yoga world where people are, Almost, you know, really taking this, this opportunity for wellness and proclaiming that they are so healthy that they are immune to this novel virus.
0: Vanakam, namaste, and hello, everyone. Welcome to the 16th episode of Inside the Minds of Great Yogis. My name is Swathi Satyasilin, and you're listening to the 16th episode of Inside the Minds of Great Yogis. In today's episode, we have a very special guest joining us. And to start off, she's a doctor of physical therapy, the founder of Yoga Anatomy Academy, and an interdisciplinary yoga teacher since 2001. She has created online courses with Yoga Journal on the subjects of fascia and hip health, and she has graced the cover of Yoga Journal Australia in 2018. Yoga Anatomy Academy offers online yoga anatomy learning, including a 12-module comprehensive mentorship. It also offers a realistic science-based perspective that aims to be inclusive of all bodies. She is based in Washington, DC, where she runs her own physical therapy cleaning, looking at the whole person. Let's give a big round of applause to Dr. Ariel Foster. Thank
1: you. thank you, Jackie. Am I saying your name correctly? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And you said my name perfectly.
0: Yay. Hi, Dr. Ariel. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome on the show. I'm so excited to hear your perspectives of yoga. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Yes my pleasure. So I want to start off by asking you, how did your journey of yoga begin?
1: I had exposure to yoga when I was a kid in the 80s and in the 90s, because my grandmother actually taught yoga um, in my elementary school. And I also went to a high school that had yoga as part of it's like an elective basically in the curriculum. So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of exposure relative to other kids in the United States at that time. Mm -hmm. And when I started practicing regularly and got a little more serious about it, I was in college. And then soon after college, I had the opportunity to live and study at the Kripalu Center, which was a former ashram. And that was in the early 2000s.
0: Okay. That, that sounds amazing. Thank you for sharing um, about your journey, uh, Dr. Ariel. I think that's very insightful. So I want to come into the next question by asking you, what is fiscal fitness and how have you incorporated it into yoga?
1: Yeah. So I thought, I actually thought through this question for a minute and um, I want to give a little bit of history. Okay. So prior to the 1800s, Mm-hmm. What we know of as yoga, and this is my understanding of the history of yoga. And certainly there could be people who know things that I don't know, but I understood that prior to, to hundred and 150 years ago, yoga did not involve as a, a lot of physical practice. So asana was s- simpler and essentially mostly seated meditation at, th- at that time, mm-hmm. and as an example, there are 196 sutras or threads or sections of Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, and only three of them even mention the word asana. And so historians who know a lot more about this than I do, yoga historians, have linked this culture of physical fitness and the physical well being that we now associate with yoga. Mm -hmm. And particularly like the culture of yoga studios and the way that yoga is taught in gyms, it doesn't necessarily mean this is what yoga looks like all around the world. Yeah. Um, But that physical fitness component of yoga has been linked to, I would say innovators in India around the turn of the 19th century. And most notably Krishna Matarya, who is a very well-known teacher who was kind of a teacher of some famous teachers who then, brought the physical asana practice to the United States and beyond. Mm-hmm. And so um, all I can speak of is the tradition that I know best and the history that I know. But my understanding is that Kripalu yoga, where I, I lived and studied kind of as my primary source, was brought right. to the U.S. by a, by a disciple of um, Swami Kripalu or Swami Kripalvanandu, and And in, in that understanding that Americans could really benefit from it, And I think for, as a generalization for the minds of humans in this U.S. and Western cultures, it makes a lot of sense to access the more subtle states of the body, Mm -hmm. starting with the physical. And so... Um, how this is my understanding of how yoga and physical fitness are intertwined these days, at least in the U.S., in the Western world, and in the, in the popular idea of what yoga is. Now, if, if you want a personal answer, I think, the, I think an interesting question that I'm constantly kind of pondering and thinking of is how can I incorporate yoga into everything that I do? whether I am going to a yoga class, Mm -hmm. teaching a class, going on a hike, being out in nature, spending time with friends, lifting weights. That I think is, is the interesting intersection of yoga and physical fitness that I want to think of. I want to incorporate more into my life these days.
0: For sure. And thank you for that insightful answer. I feel like you, you really took us through a very, um, I want to say a very clear picture in terms of how yoga is structured and you kind of mentioned about the asana practices as well as the type of yoga you did. I believe it's Kripalu yoga. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I I really like how you mentioned that. I think it really gives us a better idea of how there are different types of yoga and how asana practices are being used. So thank you for sharing that. And now I want to come into the next question, which is What is some advice you would give for someone that
1: is new to yoga? Well, people can be new to yoga in different ways. Mm -hmm. And when you are new to yoga in the way that a lot of people, let's say, for example, where I live in Washington, D.C., people who are new to yoga might start taking yoga classes online or go to a yoga studio and start taking classes. Yeah. this is a difficult thing to really soak in and to like truly take in as a person, but absolutely I recommend not comparing yourself to anyone else. And I, I, I believe that, that these practices of yoga are intended to, to be like tools and technologies to make our lives better. Right. And because of the way the human mind works, it's nobody's I don't want to place blame on anybody, but what we can do is we can come to yoga and try to get good at yoga, right? Yeah. And I think you have to flip it around mm-hmm. and say, how can yoga be good for my life and my community and my world, as opposed to aiming to achieve to be good at yoga? You don't, I don't think overall it's, it serves us to try to perfect. Poses, or to perfect practices, or to achieve some sort of perfect state of meditation, even that I think that all of those aspects of yoga, and there are quite a few more that I haven't even mentioned, yeah, can have um, a way can uplevel our lives, can up can make our lives better, like here and now.
0: Yeah, for so sure.
1: that's a difficult thing to remember. In this day and age, but that's what I want any beginners to know.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I really liked um, one point you mentioned about comparing to not compare yourselves because a lot of people compare themselves based on what they see on social media. Um, If if someone does a very advanced post the next day they want to try that as well. So I really like how you mentioned that and and I'm sure our listeners and viewers can really resonate with with that as well. So thank you for giving the advice and tips in terms of um, being a beginner in terms of yoga. So I wanna come into the next question by asking you, can you tell us about your platform, Yoga Anatomy Academy?
1: Absolutely. So um, Yoga Anatomy Academy has... Like an incredible series of blogs, I've really poured my heart and soul into it. We host online classes. We have host online classes in yoga therapy for COVID nineteen recovery. That's one of the more popular ones right now. Okay. Um, uh, yoga tools and techniques for increased happiness and resilience, which is something the world needs. These were taught okay. by guest teachers. I teach classes on hips, fascia. Um, I lead the online yoga anatomy mentorship. I'm also, I also teach a class on feet and those are my are online. I should say courses. So you can okay. sign up, gain access for life, go deep into one, one slice of yoga. And I also lead a comprehensive yoga anatomy mentorship mm-hmm. and weekly online classes that are really, really fun.
0: Okay. That sounds great. Um, And to our listeners and viewers as well, go check out Yoga Anatomy Academy. I'm sure you'll benefit from uh, the courses that are offered or, you know, all the classes. So definitely do check that out. And thank you for sharing that, Dr. Ariel. I want to come into the next question by asking you, what is your overall advice in terms of the alignment of the spinal cord? Can yoga help with that?
1: Yeah, so the spinal cord is... um, I don't actually think of it as needing alignment and I'll tell you why, because when like in the very, very first stages of the development of a human embryo, the first cells that you that are laid down are what become the spinal cord, the brain and the spine itself. So essentially like our bodies are completely aligned around the spinal cord. Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of cool to think of it like that. And if you're thinking about the bones of the spine, so the vertebrae Mm -hmm. collectively or individually, so in collect, like as a whole, it might be called a scoliosis if it was out of alignment or individually, it's kind of perceived as kind of an osteopathic thing that needs to be corrected. Yep. This is something that's very much a case-by-case basis now i'm a physical therapist or physiotherapist outside the us and i'm going to be a little bit biased in my answer but i think this is really solid advice so if somebody is coming into a situation where they have either scoliosis or they have um something like that "Quote unquote," gets out of alignment because that is also a bit debatable. That kind concept of bones kind of shifting out of alignment, yeah, um, yeah. it is debatable for good reason. Mm-hmm. And you could have—I'll uh, give one example. This isn't about the spine, but Usain Bolt, fastest runner in the world, has a leg length discrepancy, meaning that one of his legs is longer than the other. Oh, did that stop him? No. Is he in pain from that? No. Is he an extraordinary athlete? Yes. yes. So because his, his legs are a different lengths, inevitably his spine is going to have a little bit of a, a, a scoliotic tendency or scoliosis to it. So, um, we can think of those things as problems, but they're maybe not problems in and of themselves unless they cause pain or something like that. So I would always recommend somebody go see a physio, maybe someone like a chiropractor who is also going to be Focused on exercises and not constantly correcting, quote unquote. Um, Because every single person and body is individual. And you want somebody who's going to really look at your individual variation or situation and focus on you improving that. Now, whatever your movement modality is, whether it's yoga, Pilates, weightlifting, those can help also very much in the long run, but I wouldn't, I, I, I hope this isn't bad news for anybody, but I wouldn't rely on yoga class to get everything in alignment.
0: Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I think it was, um, it was amazing. And it was really informative in terms of the information you shared. So thank you for sharing that. Now I want to, now I want to come into the next question by asking you, what are some yoga postures you, uh, you would recommend for hip pain?
1: Yeah, I love this question because I teach a whole online course on yoga for hips, and every Friday I teach a what I call a hips happy hour, which is a yoga inspired kind of hip strengthening practice. I had a big hip injury, and it was somewhat related to the ways that I was practicing yoga. Unfortunately, so it was a bit of a, a yoga injury, and the simplest one to say in this format right now is. A bridge, bridge pose, but not the kind of bridge pose that we often practice in yoga. Setu bandhasana is the way that I would, what I would call bridge in, in Sanskrit, but it's um, a low bridge, mm-hmm. not a back bend at all. And you're, okay. I would call it a glutes bridge. So you're looking to create that posterior pelvic tilt, activate the glutes and lift up, but not go so high that you get your back into it. You get into a back bend.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I hope everyone, especially who are dealing with hip pain, um, try the posture you've suggested and I hope it helps them. So thank you for mentioning that. Now I wanna come into the next question by asking you, you were featured in the Women's Health Magazine. And so as a woman, how has this motivated you to continue the work you're doing, especially within the yoga sector?
1: Yeah, it's so nice to get a little bit of recognition every now and then for, for what you do, the educational work that I do. Um, But I would actually say that I'm motivated a lot more from my own experience. So I look at the ways that yoga and yoga culture, meaning specifically how it, how it manifests kind of in and around me and studio culture have been profoundly helpful for me. And also, Mm -hmm. as I've mentioned a little bit, There have been ways in which yoga has maybe not been so helpful. Maybe it has contributed to different physical injuries. And so what I'm interested in is and motivated by is kind of using whatever platform I have to increase that ratio of the helping versus the harming that yoga can do.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I hope uh, this really resonates with our female listeners. And I hope they can really use that tip um, in their daily lives as well. So thank you for mentioning that. Now I want to come into the next question by asking you, how has practicing yoga contributed to your overall mental health?
1: Yeah. um, I, I don't know for sure, but I would say that specifically teaching yoga and having this responsibility or feeling this responsibility in my teaching Mm -hmm. to be, to offer quality information, movement, meditation techniques. And, and as much as I can, I'm, you know, more and more interested in removing myself from the equation, from the center and making sure that my students feel really particularly empowered so that they don't feel like they're going to do something wrong if I'm not there or, um, or if they skip some yoga class that, that that's a bad thing. Um, Yeah. yeah, mental health is, is a complex thing, but I do think that that being a teacher has been really useful in one aspect of mental health for me, which is that I kind of had to get over myself. If I was going to stand in front of a group of people with spandex on, you know, I kind of had to be like, uh, allow people to see me, you know, Mm -hmm. allow people to see the, the flaws or the perceived flaws or allow myself to be in front of a group of people knowing that I'm going to mix things up on the simple level. I'm going to mix up right and left on more, um, maybe embarrassing levels. I might mix up Sanskrit or, or something else stumble over my words in another embarrassing way. And I think it's been that process of teaching is its own kind of sadhana. It's its own kind of practice in a way. So that has been really powerful for me. And then in general, Yeah. Over the years, I've gotten a lot steadier in my experience of just being alive. Certainly in the early days of becoming a more serious practitioner, like it could have just been that time in my life in my early twenties, but there were a lot more ups and downs. And now I feel just a lot steadier, like content much more of the time. So that's a nice feeling. I don't know if it's just the yoga or if it's aging or
0: yeah, it I I really like the um, answer you mentioned, and I feel like it's it's a lot of all of the components and especially how we work in terms of day to day life and yoga and there's so much things to consider facts to consider and. In terms of your answer, I really liked how you mentioned about embracing your flaws. Um, I think that's so important. If if there's a mistake or there's a, something that went wrong, it's always important to embrace that and just move on with the next step. So thank you for sharing that. I think those are really important. And mental health is such a complex topic, so it's always important to really take care of it, whether that be yoga or any other physical exercise you choose to do, just keep yourselves active. and just on the right page. Now I want to come into one of my favorite segments. So I have um, some rapid fire questions for you. And I want to start off by asking you, who is your inspiration in terms of yoga?
1: I just want to say one more thing about mental health, if that's okay, and then I'll go ahead. Yeah. So this goes out to anybody who has been struggling and maybe you heard that yoga was good for mental health and you go to a couple of yoga classes, you take 10 classes, 20, 30, 40, or even two, and you don't feel any better. Please remember that there is no one size fits all and that there really is no singular band-aid for mental health and that there are professionals who can assist you, but this is one of the ways that sometimes the wellness industry, and, and uh, I know we're speaking specifically to yoga, but it happens throughout the wellness industry with supplements and yoga and um, ice baths. It could be anything. We think like this one thing is what we need that's going to help us to feel so much better. And when it doesn't serve as that miracle drug, yeah, it can be really. It can increase the mental challenges, the mental health challenges that we feel because you might feel um, quite depressed, like, well, I've tried everything. And I just want to say that, you know, for anybody out there, yoga is a powerful tool and it, it is also multifaceted and do not despair if it doesn't automatically make you feel better also. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important. Um, You know, your mental health is really important. And if yoga in some shape or form doesn't work out for you or you find it, that it's not for you, there's always other things you can perhaps try out. So by all means, feel free to go into um, another sport or something that is suitable for you. So that's really important. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Um, Yeah. So, One huge inspiration in terms of yoga for my life has been my grandmother. She taught yoga until she was around 88 years old. And it was just a delight to see her as a teacher, as a community member, as someone who was really generous with her time and her energy. And she's a huge inspiration.
0: That's amazing. I think I really like how you uh, mentioned your grandma. I'm pretty sure I feel like uh, her practices really resonate with you. So thank you for sharing that. Now I want to come into the next question by asking you, what is your favorite yoga pose or posture and why?
1: Oh my goodness. I don't have a favorite, one singular singular favorite yoga pose, but if I had to pick one today, I would maybe say Malasana, which is like the, the very deep yogi squat. It's yeah. Um, yeah. I just really like that. I think it's a really natural movement. that's not good for everybody's hips or everybody's spine, but it, it in general is like a nice way to keep your body healthy. Um, yeah. To Do that occasionally.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's like a really good energizer as well. So Yeah. And I want to come into our final question by asking you, this is more over a reflection question. So I want to ask you, um, how has this year been for you in terms of yoga?
1: Yeah, so we are recording this in December 2021. And I'm going to speak to the last almost two years of the pandemic a bit. And it's been a difficult, honestly, very difficult couple of years. The studio where I taught was shut down. So I have lost a lot of connection to the in-person connection that I used to have with with the community, with my students. Um, And the pandemic has frankly brought out some really ugly tendencies within the yoga world where people are almost, you know, really taking this this opportunity for wellness and proclaiming that they are so healthy that they are immune to this novel virus to the human species. I mean, so there's a lot of ego within that that has really come to the surface in in an unfortunate way and probably contributed to the deaths of thousands to be quite frank. It's also demonstrated like a really profound lack of scientific understanding in the yoga world and also the, the, the people who are abusing that lack of science literacy right. to sell things that are unregulated, like supplements and essential oils, and also even to sell trainings and styles of yoga that they make these really outrageous claims like this will boost your immunity or this will um, uh, enhance your lung capacity or stuff like that. While there might be truth to that, I don't get to just make something up, call it yoga, which is a bit of an exploitation of this, of these old texts that have been profoundly helpful and therefore survived for thousands of years. And, and then say that it does this one specific like thing for our immune systems. Like, unless you have scientific proof, that just doesn't make sense. So I haven't, I'm not really like somebody who would cut people out of my life. And I Have certainly not done that on purpose. Um, But there is a lack of a feeling that I've lost a connection to community, to individuals, to friends down this like unfortunate side of the wellness and yoga rabbit hole. But I want to also flip it around a bit because that's not the the most upbeat way to kind of close out our conversation. I think it's also really important to, to look at the beautiful things that have come from this and for me in my personal life I have started to take a lot more walks in nature mm-hmm. I started to take advantage of more hiking trails that are near me and that's been really profound I also started to teach online mm-hmm. and I have this really gorgeous online platform where um I teach the classes that would have benefited me when I had my hip injury. I teach that weekly hips happy hour. I teach a core strength class. I teach even a class where we um, lift weights. And Mm -hmm. I also teach a class on mobility, fascia and function. So all of the things I love the most, and I get to just do it my way, which is, you know, sharing the things that I teach my patients in this sliding scale Um, really affordable online format, like it's so much more affordable than any yoga studio. And um, it's been a really just awesome opportunity to grow that and to share the things that I really, truly want to share with people with this lens of mindfulness and, and honoring the text of yoga and not worrying too much about perfecting poses. So That's all found at yogaanatomyacademy.com slash classes.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And everyone do check out Yoga Anatomy um, Academy classes and their courses as well. As um, Dr. Ariel mentioned, they have some amazing courses and, um, I'm sure you will all uh, benefit from that. So definitely do check that out. And coming into your answer, Dr. Ariel, it was amazing. I think we can all really relate and um, resonate with that because this year has been a lot of uncertainty and there there was a lot of craziness that happened um, in terms of last year and this year as well. So I really liked how you mentioned how you know yoga yoga was there for you and you know you use different techniques as well so thank you for sharing that I'm sure it helped all of us and a lot of us can connect with that as well so yeah thank you and um, that is the end of our rapid fire questions round Dr Ariel thank you so much for uh, joining me on the 16th episode of Inside the Minds of Great Yogis I really appreciate you giving me your valuable time and. I hope we can speak again, um, about your experiences in yoga and, um, thank you to everyone who has yet to listen to our 16th episode of inside the minds of great yogis. And, um, before we, uh, end, I just wanted to ask Dr. Ariel, you are on Instagram. Is that correct?
1: I am. And just a quick note because I, I don't want to confuse anybody. I am a doctor of physical therapy. So I'm a physical therapist, but in the US, it became a doctorate about 15 years ago. So that's why folks are a little bit unfamiliar with that. So you can find me at doctor or dr dot yeah. Ariel A-R-I-E-L-E dot foster f O S T E R. That's my Instagram handle. And I appreciate you so much for having me. Thanks for asking some incredible questions. And I definitely look forward to staying in touch.
0: Yeah. Uh, right back at you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I think all your answers really, really just gave me a clearer picture in terms of how yoga is structured. And so nice to hear your perspective. So everyone definitely do follow uh, Dr. Ariel. I'm sure you'll uh, enjoy her content. Her content is amazing. So yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Ariel. And um, until next time, have a wonderful evening, everyone. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Inside the Minds of Great Yogis podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to write a review and rate the podcast. If you have a specific part you enjoy, feel free to share it on your story with the episode thumbnail using the hashtag Inside the Minds of Great Yogis podcast and tag us on Instagram at perspective underscore of underscore yoga. Thanks again for tuning in and I will see you all in the next episode. Until next time, have a great day, everyone.